Hello there and welcome back to the FFS podcast and welcome back to the MWF series. For those of you who are joining us for the first time on this podcast, the MWF series stands for the Midweek Fixture Series, something that we started in Season 2, where we review games that have happened across the week, whether it be Midweek Fixtures or the uh, Weekend Fixtures. And for this particular episode, which is episode number 28, we're going to be reviewing three key games from the Champions League. So this is part one of episode number 28. And for part one, we're going to be reviewing the game between Real Madrid and Liverpool FC. And to help me delve into this game in greater detail, we've got two guests on the panel. One of the guests has been on the podcast before, one hasn't. So we're joined by Naeem, who's been on the podcast before, and he supports Real Madrid. And representing the red side of Merseyside, we've got Samiran, who also is a representative of LFC Goa. So I'm glad we could have him on here, a fresh face. And I suppose I have one major question for both of you, which is what were your thoughts on that game? Well, to be very honest with you, I thought Liverpool had an advantage, especially with the injuries, uh, you know, Madrid had, especially both of their centre-backs. And Sergio Ramos is not just a centre-back, he's an attacking threat as well. So, you know, when he was not there, it was, you know, we were quite optimistic to begin with because we have our own injury issues. But, you know, we thought, you know, we could actually win the game. Not saying that we would dominate because, you know, Madrid is a really good side, especially the midfield. You know, if you, if you saw the game, they controlled the game pretty much. And we were not just at par in terms of midfield, but it was a really good game by Madrid. But really happy with the away goal because that's the only positive that I should say. First half, we lacked pretty much everything. Second half was good, but very unfortunate to concede two very sloppy goals. So yeah, like Samir mentioned, I had similar thoughts of the game. Not completely the same, but similar along the same lines. Obviously, coming into the game, considering that Ramos was already out, and then finding out uh, earlier in the day that Varan was also going to be out kind of made, I guess, most Madrid fans very nervy. Because as it is, we have struggled defensively this season, uh, more so than we have in the past couple of seasons. So it was quite a nervy affair to begin with. But yeah, I mean, once the game got on, 10 minutes in probably, it seemed like there was nothing really to worry about. To be honest, going into the game, I thought it would probably be a 1-1 draw that we'd come away with in the sense that at home we'd probably just be able to draw and then whatever we could do, we'd try and do it. Anfield, where Liverpool have struggled this season, obviously it's not always the case where you visit Anfield and you take points off. But obviously this season, without the fans there, it has been the case more often than not. So I expected that Madrid would probably be able to muster out a draw in this fixture and probably look to try and get a result out next week. But seeing how the first 10 minutes played out, it seemed like we had a genuine chance in the game. Especially, I was quite surprised with the fact that Klopp decided to leave out Firmino. I mean, I always thought he would pick Jota considering he had been performing well, but I still expected Firmino to be a part of that squad because he's so important in terms of what Liverpool tries to do uh, up front, you know, like with the pressing. Mm. And it's basically when the squad came out, I was quite surprised with the Firmino being dropped. Also quite surprised to see Keita there instead of Thiago Alcantara, who I thought would have been a better option for Pool. But hey, I mean, it's Klopp. So I thought he knew what he was doing. 
clearly that wasn't the case 45 minutes into the game or probably a little earlier I mean, so how important you mentioned the midfield how important was cruz there because earlier on when they all left for the national team cruz had to leave the german national team because he was injured at that point of time and i i don't know whether we had this conversation but cruz is one of the vital cogs in that very robust midfield that madrid have despite you probably having only benzema up front as your major talisman your midfield is your key part of the team yeah absolutely right so it's not just cruz to be honest like it's that midfield trio which yeah. makes us a very different proposition because honestly on their day when the three of them combine like they used to or they have done in the past we are one of the best european teams even with all the defensive frailties that we have or uh, tend to show on most occasions if that midfield trio is clicking we are definitely right up there in the uh, amongst the top teams it's when the trio fails to exert dominance in the midfield that we sort of struggle but more often than not when all the three of them have been fit this season we have done uh, well and that seemed to be the case against liverpool as well because they seem to dictate play i mean yes i will say to a certain extent that liverpool allowed us to do so because they gave us a lot of time on the ball which is quite surprising to see but yeah even so uh, cruz's vision especially with that first goal where he saw Vinicius out like mm-hmm. almost i think 40 yards out if not more and he picked him out and i mean kudos to Vinicius he's been criticized so much over the past couple of years for his finishing he chose the best night probably to show what he's truly capable of so yeah i mean in grand context of things the that midfield trio is extremely extremely important to us probably more so than uh, our captain because uh, mm-hmm. i mean it's one vital cog versus three people who basically dictate the entire set of play for us yeah samir it seemed like liverpool just gave midred all the time that they wanted on the ball which was almost suicidal i i just want to know from your perspective why do you think club got it so wrong was it in terms of the personnel there or you know tactic wise what did you make of it so you know when uh, naim mentioned about you know him dropping for minio trust me that was a real shock for me because actually you know finally we were trying to see out diamond up front if you noticed you know a few games there were some substitutions where for minio was playing number 10 and jota up front and you know we had mane and salah on the wide side i was expecting that to be very honest with you and i was actually expecting thiago and fabinho to be you know two number 6 dropping down and you know supporting the center backs and i thought yeah. we would ex- actually do that but i personally feel see it's my personal perspective in terms of this you know to dropping kate over there i think when i first saw you know the lineup i was really shocked to see that you know i was not expecting but maybe for the reason why because see kate on his day can be too good in terms of dribbling and you know picking passes out and when you don't have your two most you know experience and most important center backs from madrid i think it made sense at some stage you know it did not work out that's another thing altogether because the midfield was too good modric cruz and casemiro were like too good on top of things throughout the game the whole 90 minutes and more you know everything so i thought he was just trying to make sure that you know keta can maybe pull out a few dribbles and put the balls through for the people up front for Jota Mane or Salah but it didn't work out and quite rightly after approximately 30 minutes into the game Keita was taken off 
so it clearly did not work out but also just i mean fomino's importance also lies in how well we press of the ball but he's always the one that probably leads that pressing charge especially so high up the field and so do you feel like that's the kind of presence we miss because you needed to press the likes of you know modric cruz and casemiro really get into their faces and not let them have the space that they should not be afforded in all normal circumstances yeah i completely agree with it was missing all throughout and you know i i'm not sure mane hasn't been the mane that we've seen for the past few years i'm not sure maybe he's not form to be very honest with you because you see that you know he's not putting in those efforts it's clearly visible the pressing is not there sala on the other hand is you know being rumored to be moving out of liverpool but he's at it maybe he'll leave or not that's another thing to see maybe there is there are a lot of chances now that we are missing out on champions league we're doing good in terms of premier league recently and to be very honest with you uh, i was not expecting us to concede three goals because the partnership of kabak and uh, nat phillips has been super good for us you know we haven't conceded any goals in the past few games but again you're facing madrid and you know the first goal was like magical trust me you know if i wasn't a liverpool fan i would have like gotten up and clapped for that pass itself yeah. you know it was like too good from cruz but i guess it also shows the sort of inexperience that you have in playing kabak and nat especially nat phillips you know kabak may, you can say that he's had a lot of champions league experience with shalka and a lot of european experience at least but nat phillips is someone who really hasn't so yeah definitely can answer uh, name i just want to ask you quickly you know the second leg is going to happen this week and is the tie all but done for you is the tie done absolutely not we've both seen this happen i mean we've all seen this happen multiple times before where teams take a heavy lead into the second leg only for it to be overturned we've seen it with barcelona psg we've seen it with liverpool against barcelona so is it done absolutely not but do i trust my team to get the work done absolutely yes i haven't seen what they managed to do so in the first leg i expect them to come away with the win next week not because i don't think uh, liverpool are capable of scoring uh, absolutely i believe liverpool will will go on to score at least a couple of goals probably but i also believe that we will be able to score a couple which will make it extremely difficult for liverpool and so i expect madrid to come away uh, with a win it would be massive obviously a massive disappointment if it was anything lesser than that i mean considering the european pedigree we have considering that the last time we faced you guys we got the better of you putting all of those factors into place i think madrid has the upper hand in this and i think we'll look to sort of exploit that in that second leg and yeah hoping that that is the case and yeah i'm definitely hoping that i mean as much as it's cruel to do so but i'd love for madrid to have realized how terrible arnold is playing this season and make sure that they exploit that side of the channel to hit liverpool as much as possible next game okay uh, and samir uh, your thoughts as well do you think the tie is done i mean obviously it played at anfield and a few months ago if you had asked me that i'd have had more confidence going into the second game but since january the form has been nothing short of terrible so where do you stand on this Well, on the funnier side of things, I'm not quite sure if it will be played at Anfield, you know, because there are some rumors going around that it might be played in Budapest. If I'm not wrong, I'm <laughs> no, not I sure. Doubt I doubt it. Yeah. It so, was, yeah. Uh, yeah, Anfield. I don't know. It's it's not a fortress anymore. Unfortunately, you know, my heart aches when I say that. And to be very honest with you, you know, Naim put across a very good point. You know, in terms of Trent, Arnold. So 
I personally have a feeling that the game is on him. It's not usually it's a it's a team game and all that. But trust me, if if you know if just one game, you know, if he just turns up and trust me, he might. And I I have a feeling he will. It's going to be difficult for Madrid. If he turns up, he's getting those crosses going on as he is, and I'm hoping that you know Klopp just puts out a no-nonsense lineup this time. We don't want to see any experiments, and not in a Champions League game against a team like Madrid. You've got to be kidding me, you know. If you're like experimenting at this stage, you're not playing some small team. Madrid have won the Champions League the most of the times. They're having their injury problems, but you can see that midfield is too good. too good to beat down in terms of anything and we are missing the likes of Henderson, Van Dijk, Joe Gomez. We have just had 22 different center back partnerships and we've had the worst of our seasons, you know, if you compare the last few seasons. Worst season under Klopp to be very honest with you so far in terms of numbers in terms of the way we're losing at Anfield and I don't know. I'm just hoping clean sheet against Madrid is going to be a really difficult task but I'm not ruling it out. I have a feeling because we are known for our comebacks we are known for our champions league games and this is a do or die situation because we are not doing any good in the premier league anyway and it will be a shocker if we if we go down without a fight all respect oh. to madrid in terms of everything but i have a feeling it's going to be a very close game and i have a feeling that we might get through on away goals Okay all right I'm mean, it's definitely going to be one hell of a match to keep an eye out for but unfortunately that's all the time we have for this particular part so thank you Naeem and Samiran for coming on to this podcast and giving your thoughts and opinions on the game and I can't wait to host you again for the return leg fixture and see who comes out victorious from that from this entire Champions League tie so until then see you and can't wait to host you soon thank you so much and thank you Naeem good to meet you buddy Thank you, Sabiran. It was a nice chat. Absolutely. Sorry. All the best for the second leg. Yeah, to you too. <laughs> Cheers. Bye-bye. All right. Cheers. See you. And to those of you who have been listening to this entire episode, this is the end of part one. I'll catch you all in part two, which is coming up right after this. See you. All right. So welcome now to... episode number 28 once again and this is segment 2 and we're going to be reviewing the game between Bayern Munich and Paris Saint-Germain it was one of the best UCL games this midweek to help me review this game we've got two fans on the podcast one who's been on the podcast before and one who hasn't we've got Augustus who's been on the podcast before i'm pretty sure you've heard of him and he is a huge bayern munich supporter and on the other end we've got karl who is the psg supporter he's from lebanon and yeah i'm glad we could have a fresh face on here so guys welcome to the podcast and i have one question for you which is what were your thoughts on that game okay first of all thank you for having me in this podcast and i think it was one of the most beautiful game most satisfying game i've seen long time very good game of football overall it was beautiful to watch a lot of goals a lot of occasions despite conceding like a lot of shots uh, it was a very beautiful game to watch i'm very happy with the result like kind of taken our uh, revenge against uh, bayern so i won't say like it was a complete revenge we still need to make it to the semi finals but overall it was a very good uh, game to watch 
Well, honestly, I think Gar said it was a very exciting game for both of us. It kept me on my seat. Like, I could not move. I could not even like, go to the toilet. Seriously, it was like a very interesting game from start to the end. For me, it was a bit less satisfying, I would say, because in the end, the result was not as good as I hoped. I had a moment in the game where I really believed we can win or we could win. We did not. I think PSG really played the cards well. They got the results they needed. I don't think it was easy for them, but I think they deserved to win, honestly, during that game because the way they played was obviously the best way to counter our football. For that, yeah, they, they got the win and they got the, the lead away from home. Now we have the second leg we're going to see, but I do expect another fantastic game because it's always going to be very attacking football from both sides. And we'll see how that, how that unfolds. Perfect. Now, August is talking from Bayern. Munich's perspective, we saw the expected goals, the numbers, also the absolute numbers, which is the shots on target and the shots, uh, total number of shots taken. How much were you missing Lewandowski on this, in this game? And how much of a difference would, would he have made in this particular game? I personally think it would be a big difference. But like a lot of people, obviously, uh, I heard a lot of arguments that were just funny, like, Oh, why? What makes you think Lewandowski would have scored? It's, it's basically thinking that he can just score. Like that's really funny because he can do much more. Like our attacks overall are much better. Muller plays much better without him. With him in the pitch, the wingers play much better, and the wingers really struggled in the game honestly because they didn't have that one guy on whom they can rely. You know, to like combine with him and like play one twos and. You know, like find that striker well positioned to like cross for him and stuff like that. I think Chupomuting did really well. He did much better than I expected. But I just that Lewandowski is a player on another level, honestly, and he could have been of much help. Even if just for 15 minutes, I think we could we could have used him, we could have scored. But yeah, he was not there. I hope he will be there in the second leg. But there's only hope. Like I, I don't think it would happen. Like we will see. But I don't, I don't really think what happened. But yeah, we had a lot of attacks. We played really good offensively. It's just that I do believe we should have started the game differently. We should have like played with a low block for the 15 minutes. The first 15 minutes, avoid goals and then attack with much more confidence and like try and lock them up in their own midfield and just keep attacking them. But we, we started very attacking and I think they knew that, they expected that and they tried to score as much as they could on the counters at the first 15 minutes. And sadly, they managed to. So I do think we, we could have started the game differently, even without Lewandowski, and could get like a good result. But it was not the case. But Carl, you must be so happy that you not only got one away goal. I mean, most teams would be happy taking only one away goal when playing at the Allianz Arena. You managed to get three away goals and the win. How exciting is that? And how much of confidence will that give Pochettino going forward you know, for the second leg? Yeah, I think that uh, having these three goals is not only a satisfaction, but it was uh, the main purpose of uh, Pochettino's plan. Like Just like Augustus said, uh, it was the plan to counter uh, Bayern. We, even if all our players were fit, it was the only way to do it. Like We're playing against the best team in Europe. They've redefined the football. Big shout out to Hansi Flick for making it possible, this plan. But of course... You know, they're playing a lot of uh, a lot attack and leaving their defenders uh, one-on-one. So you know that you have to be better in your box and in their box. And that was the case. Like uh, our defenders uh, did the job 
even if we considered two goals, it was uh, way better than expected, especially that we had uh, players with no experience, very average players, such uh, like Dagba, Bakker, Danilo, and even Draxler, who's not playing a lot with Pochettino. And like we had the two superstars, Neymar and Mbappe, they did the job and they did it pretty well. I was hoping that they could do it in the final, but it wasn't the case. And uh, thank God they did it. Yeah, obviously in the finals, one of the criticism was the lack of goals. And obviously they couldn't find the back of the net given how good Neuer was also at that point of time. But I'm pretty sure you must be satisfied with the fact that you know Mbappe did manage to find the back of the net twice. And that Neymar pass for the second goal, I don't know if he intended it or not, but it kind of caught the Bayern defence completely out of the blue. And that was probably my favourite of the three goals, just because it came out of the blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of the greatest goals in uh, this Champions League uh, run. And even the third goal from Mbappe was very good. Like, uh, if you watch it again, you see how Mbappe fakes his first shot and takes the second and scores it. Just like you said, Neymar's uh, assist on Marquinhos is one of the few players in Europe that can do it. I can only think uh, about uh, Messi and uh, De Bruyne that can do the same thing. And uh, it was very good that he did it. With his weakest foot as well. Like he did it with, I think, his left foot. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking crazy. (laughs) Uh, But Augustus, obviously, and Carl, both of your teams did not end that entire game with all of their players intact, obviously, from Bayern Munich, we know that a couple of more players were injured in that game. And obviously, now, Carl did mention before we started recording that even Marquinhos was off injured and won't be playing for yeah. the second leg. Augustus, does this now make it even more even, that game, and even more exciting, the second leg? Yeah, on- honestly, I think, sadly, Marquinhos' like, injury is really sad for PSG and for, for him as as a player. But for us, it's kind of a good news because offensively with him, it would have been much, much harder to even like score one goal. He's like, for me, one of the best like defenders out there and one of the best players defend- defensively. Honestly, like if I could pick between him and Neymar, I, I don't know. Like he's that important for me for the PSG. So yeah, losing Lewandowski is also for us like a very big hit. So yeah. I could could sound a bit even now because you know you have like two very important players, but then we have also Goretzka. They have also Verratti. It's sadly like not as good as it could have been with all you know both teams being super fit and being all there. Mm-hmm. But we we don't have a choice, you know. Like the international break did really its job by destroying both teams. <laughs> like honestly, on on a squad level, honestly now today I feel like we have nothing to lose. We have nothing to fear. We're going to go with whoever we have to Paris. We're going to try to get a result, but we're not the ones, you know, anymore that should like be winning because we had that pressure on the first leg. We did not win. They won. Now, I think all the pressure is on them. It depends on how they're going to handle it. And, you know, if that breaks them a little bit with all the pressure that's going to be on them to like now get a good result and win against Bayern at home. Yeah, it could help us a little bit because, I don't know, maybe in terms of, as, you know, Carr said, like, they have some fullbacks that are not that experienced. 
maybe they could break under pressure. Maybe that would help our wingers because we're going to need to rely on them to score goals. And yeah, I do expect like a very, very tough second leg for both teams. So I hope that we, we manage to get a good result. But honestly, with the squad we have, I think now they have the upper hand, but they also have the pressure that comes with it. Yeah, I mean, PSG, Carl, how confident are you that you will see this through? I'm not a uh, lie. I'll say we're not uh, very confident. I'm not very confident personally because uh, the injury of Marquinhos, the, I don't know, Jalo will not play today. I don't know if he'll play. And uh, players like uh, Neymar, like Di Maria, like Verratti, they're just coming back from injuries. They're not fully fit. We don't know if they're ready to do a battle. It's not even a match. On uh, Tuesday, it will be a battle. Like Bayern will stay very high on the pitch. And uh, we need players like Paredes and Verratti. Like, if they were here in the first leg, we wouldn't have conceded this much occasions and we'd have control, more control uh, over the ball and uh, have better transitions from our box to reach our uh, strikers. And I don't know. I'm not fully confident uh, because we'll still be playing with at least uh, two or three players that do not have the level to play a second leg against the best team in Europe. And uh, the pressure is, uh, like Augustus said, all the pressure now is on us. We're the one who need to hold on. Like It's a, it's a battle. We're holding on. We'll have to be able not to concede a lot of uh, goals and we'll see. We'll need to, to score. Definitely. I mean, whatever said and done, I know you guys have played, I mean, your teams have played 90 minutes, but it's only 45 minutes, only half time. You still have another half to be played and it's going to be one hell of a match from if the first leg is anything to go by. So I can't wait to see what the outcome is of that. And unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this particular segment. But don't fret, we'll, I'd love to host you for the second leg fixture once that happens as well to talk about that. And probably, you know, we'll finally find out who comes out victorious and who unfortunately couldn't make it to the semifinals. But until then, thank you, Augustus and Carl, for coming on to the podcast and giving your thoughts. I can't wait to host you in the near future. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, Honestly, it was was nice. I'm sorry I was late, guys. But next time I try to be on time and (laughs) hopefully Bayern will be winning by that. Bye. All right. Uh, And to those of you who've been listening to this entire episode, that's it for part two of segment two of episode number 28. I'll catch you all on part three, which is coming up right after this. So see you. All right. So now welcome to episode number 28 once again. And this is part three or segment three of the episode. For part three, we're going to be reviewing the Champions League game between Manchester City and Borussia Dortmund. And to help me discuss this game in greater detail, I've got two guests on the podcast. And similar to the previous parts, we've got one guest who's been on the podcast before and one who hasn't. So we start off with Akshay. And Akshay is a Borussia Dortmund supporter and is part of the Yellow Wall India group. And and representing Manchester City, we've got Rahul. Uh, and to those of you who've been listening to the podcast, you definitely know who Rahul is. Yeah, so the first question, and I guess the main question of tonight's part, is what were your thoughts on that game? Hi, Prady. Um, always, you know, good being on the podcast. Talking about the Champions League game that we had against Dortmund, obviously, 
my initial thought before the game start was you know pep do not mess with the lineup please do not overthink this game in any way whatsoever <laughs> and he didn't he didn't right he went with the formation that i think most of us were expecting you know the typical false nine that city play with like four or five false nines and everything like that so it was it was good i think i was very happy with the lineup now when the game the way the game was played out i don't think either of the two teams were bad okay yes dortmund was setting deep a little bit when they could trying trying to prevent us from creating chances and everything we we were playing well like we do all the time i think the only problem in that game was i think uncharacteristically a few players in our team were giving the ball away which hasn't happened very often in the season but i guess you know at the end of the day you're you're human and you can make mistakes what stings is obviously the away goal because i think a 1-0 scoreline as precarious as 1-0 scorelines are i would have been happy if, if we would have kept a clean sheet but it turned out to be an away goal what i loved was a man city team from previous years would have crumbled after we conceded that away goal we could have very easily gone and conceded another one but we just got up fought back for the winner maybe dortmund deserved a draw out of this obviously we'll come to the bellingham part but yeah at the end of the day i think overall they were probably a little bit better than them and deserved the win but like i said champions league ties are far from over we need to put in a very good performance when we go to signal at dune park well uh, since the draw happened when i came to know that we had drawn city like we used to had the tinge feeling in our hearts that okay we can do this but still this would be a difficult one but rather than that uh, we were confident that we can do anything it's europe it's champions league so we can win this but not an easy thing so my review on the game is of course man city dominated the whole thing like the whole match but at some point if it wasn't for hatagan of course we would it would have be ended up 2-2 which is of course two away goals would have been like something else like yeah. some other entity <laughs> it was not only about the disallowed goal of jude hatagan made more mistakes like uh, the penalty uh, maybe the penalty decision i know it was overruled but still that uh, was an unnecessary yellow card for both uh, jude and uh, you know emre chan the most ridiculous thing is i've never seen a guy getting an yellow card for scoring a goal <laughs> that was really uh, absolutely ridiculous except those things every every other things were normal as well all right I, okay let's talk about the jude bellingham goal right so from your perspective how did you see it and do you think you were robbed of that one goal yeah of course uh, we were robbed indeed it, it is the true right sad truth we were robbed but when you see that the one thing i didn't like was both rodri and uh, ederson I just thought they were acting like more of an acting. I just don't know how to express that thing. Fair, fair enough. I, I want to get Rahul's thoughts as as well on this from your end because obviously the decision was in favor of your team. So what did you make of that? I would not want to disagree with Akshay because I think when I saw it happen initially, I thought it was a foul because obviously in real time I didn't know what was happening. But when I saw the replays and everything and the decision that was given, I. it was a very ludicrous decision because it was just one of those where we very 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 luckily got away with one because i think it was a very legit goal very legitimate finish from jude bellingham it should have been 1-1 and i don't know how that decision came about with re- with regards to the penalty as well yeah i think okay was right again maybe in real time i, I mean the referees would you would probably expect them to make a better decision 
but in real time if it even if it does look like a penalty you know obviously it wasn't at all it wasn't a penalty and it was good that was overruled but yeah i think both those incidents we got very luck like dortmund got dortmund got justice in the first one second one they were just unlucky i think it should have been a jude bellingham goal i don't know how the game would have gone from there or where it would have gone from there but yeah that that was a legit goal from dortmund all right okay and we obviously we now looking forward to the second leg and it's it's uh, everything to play for right it's nothing done yet akshay what changes and what do you expect from that second leg from from your team so my perspective on the second leg would be like this even though man city won the first leg we still have the away goal advantage right so i'd be guessing it's like a thin sheer piece of ice so 1-0 can what promote us to the semi finals but still what i uh, i'd like to see dortmund do is stop sitting back and defending and just play like you always do just attack that's what i expect from dortmund i mean definitely I, if you look at dortmund their defense isn't the best but you would kind of look at hope that haland and tancho and the likes of them kind of step up right yeah, yeah. also yeah uh, that's one of the good news that sancho will be back for the second leg but still we can take so many examples for example scored two goals inside 10 minutes on the der classicer but we got fucked up in the last that's what we uh, that's what happens when we sit back and defend <laughs> yeah exactly yeah all right and rahul obviously you know pep didn't tinker with the first leg lineup but there's still another leg for him to do so but going into sigler duna park it's it's a big stadium obviously there no fans to uh, which should have made the occasion even more grander but looking at that second tie what does manchester city and what does pep guardiola need to do to ensure that you know he sees it through it's an interesting question because i don't think there was anything wrong with the first leg right and although dortmund sat back and whatever it might happen again dortmund might be a little bit more free this time because you know it kind of when when you are the underdogs in the tie you know it kind of becomes this thing where okay we now got nothing to lose at all so maybe we just give it a go a proper go right so i think that way i don't think you tinker very much obviously we just lost to leeds i think couple of hours back at the time of recording and lot of players were rested i think lot of our first team players were not playing so i'm guessing all of them will return for that game the one thing i could see happening is maybe a double pivot system now i'm not very sure about it it could be both fernandino and rodri because dortmund had chances in the first leg right there was a haaland chance that edison saved bellingham obviously uh, then they scored one of royes so yeah i think we need to be a little bit careful but again i think either it's that or either it's just the false nine system again but you know maybe just try to play the way we do and not keep attacking maybe try and get a, a get an away goal because if we can do that then you know it'll be huge uh, in terms of the tie Right. I mean, then Dortmund will definitely have to score two yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. To take it to extra time. I mean, it's definitely set up for a very thrilling game come Wednesday. So can't wait to see how it all unfolds. And once it does unfold, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that game as well. Unfortunately, that kind of signals the end of this particular segment. So for now, thank you, Akshay and Rahul, for coming onto the podcast and giving your thoughts on this particular game. I can't wait to host you for the return leg fixture come next week obviously we'll come to know by then who has successfully gone through to the semi finals and who has unfortunately uh, missed their opportunity at silverware but uh, until then thank you once again
Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks a lot, bro, for inviting me. No problem. I hope you all had fun here. And to those of you who've been listening to this entire episode, that brings about the conclusion of segment three or part three of episode number twenty-eight. And with the end of part three, it also concludes the entire episode. So if you did like the three games that we reviewed today, and you like what we spoke about, and you liked our previous episodes as well, please do check out. our previous episodes you can rate them you can follow us uh, you can do that on several different podcast platforms like spotify anchor apple podcast google podcast uh, amazon pandora you name it we're probably there and also if you did have differing thoughts to what you heard on this particular podcast and if you also want to be a part of the podcast as well then uh, we'd love to have you we'd love to host you and you can let us know either on instagram or on twitter where i try to keep as active as possible So I guess that's about it for episode 28 of the MWS series. I'll catch you all next Wednesday. That's it from me, your host Pradi once again. You stay safe and see you.